2: Listening to Damon Bruce and Ray
3: Ratto on 95.7 The Game. In for Damon today, Kevin Michael, Whitey and Ray, it's always a um, a unique type of experience to be with you today. I'm thrilled to be with you on this President's Day. I'd like to begin by asking you whether you thoroughly and completely enjoyed the NBA All-Star Weekend or just moderately enjoyed it.
2: I avoided it what? as much as no. possible. No, no, no. no. It, it, stop it. Okay. <laughs> Why would anybody watch that stuff?
3: Well, I watched some, and one of the reasons I'm not going to argue with you. Believe me, I'm not coming down your road. Well, how could you not watch? I understand what you're saying. We did make it a little more fun. I was at my sister in law's house with my wife, and we had family. And we actually, Ray, right, will you think less of me or more of me if I tell you this is true? Uh, Everybody put a dollar in the pot. We did this for the three-point contest and for yesterday's game. Everybody drew names out of a hat. And then if your guy yesterday was a high-point man, of course, the three-point thing was who won. And then uh, my nephew was his birthday. He won both pots. He won $17. Oh, and for his birthday, as we made the All-Star experience even more fun. How old is this nephew? He's 26 now. He won $17. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun, Ray. It's not, we don't want anybody to be, you know, going home like, oh my goodness, now I'm going to have to sell my car or something like that. Well, then what's the point of the wager? Well, it's just kind of a, hey, it's like 17 bucks for a 26-year-old, I, you know, I can go out and get a coffee or something. <laughs> for his <laughs> you, birthday. You, you, you quite,
2: quite clearly are the cheapest family in America.
3: Well, I was the one that dreamed it up and not everyone was on board. So you can't say, well, hey, everybody, hey, I couldn't tell my mother-in-law, it's going to be 10 bucks. Right? So we just, everybody put a dollar in and we had a a little bit of fun with it. A little bit of fun. A little bit of fun. You know something? What? Your definition of fun. (laughs) It was a little bit of fun. Just not right. Here, I agree with you about the All-Star Game. Here's what I don't understand. I know that the All-Star Game is terrible. Ray, I think all All All-Star Games now, they're all on a rocket ship that's headed straight for the sun. Would you agree? All All Star Games. That's just it's just. I matter- mean in terms of entertainment, they've been there for twenty five years. Yeah. Well, in to terms me, of whether they will continue to exist, no, they'll exist forever. Well, they're they're headed towards. We'll see when they collide with the sun. I think they eventually they're going away, just like we saw with the Pro Bowl. And you can argue, no, it's better now. It's it's just it's they don't not play a football no, game. It's here. garbage. So, yeah. And I'm not I'm not arguing any of that. We, we know and my least favorite phrase in the English language is "It is what it is" because you could say that about anything. You know, there is nothing that is what it isn't. But when we say that, we mean it's terrible. There's nothing we can do about it. So I understand that's the way all-star games are. I understand that um, it's just the way it's got to be. What I don't understand, Ray, is why people, and you are not among them, but why are there so many people who, after the all-star game yesterday, they come out and they say, Oh, what was that? That was terrible. That's not basketball. If you didn't know the all-star game was terrible, you're an idiot. Well, first
2: of all, yes. Second of all, it's one of the few things that's on on that day of the year. I mean, unless you want to watch, you know, Tiger Woods finish 45th. And at this point, I think he's pretty much told you that he's done being a fully He did. Uh, yeah. yeah my I'm back, my knee can't um, hold up anymore. No, I, I think people watch because it's the only thing on. But in terms of entertainment, it... Once the players stopped taking it seriously back in the mid 70s it stopped being
3: entertainment. I think cuz the problem here is not that far back. Oh no 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 that far I back. I mean you had Jordan some of those guys they would they would play sometimes. There were some competitive sometimes. games. I agree with your overall point though. I just I the, wouldn't the, go back as far as you go.
2: The truth is the All-Star game was supposed to function as a thing where players would get notoriety they would not otherwise have. And once the once every town basically showed every game on television, that was over. Um, in baseball, it ended um, you know, probably in the 90s. Yeah. Because at that point, th- what's the novelty? Oh,
3: that's the guy I
2: saw Tuesday.
3: Right. The original um, All-Star Game, to your point, if I'm understanding you correctly, was you can see all the stars in one place. And now it's like... I can pretty much do that and any they, night I want.
2: And that they get national attention that they would not otherwise have. Now they're up to their eyelids and national attention to the point where they largely hate it. Mm-hmm. They know it helps pay pay the freight, but they don't they don't want to be mic'd up. They don't want to talk to people at the end of the quarter. They, it's, an, it's not interesting to them anymore. It's not a novelty. The only reason why all-star games exist now is because it allows an owner that everybody else doesn't mind to get a free weekend of money. I mean, this time it was to reward Gail Miller, who doesn't even own the team anymore. But for the most part, that's that's the only thing. That's one
3: of the two things that's interesting about it. Can you tell what, me how Salt Lake City, I'm, I'm sorry, but how Salt ahead. Lake City gets, this is their second all-star game, Salt Lake City? It's, the it well,
2: because they keep the rotation sort of, nebulous, what they can do is, who, who hasn't had one in a while who's a pretty good person and
3: hasn't caused us any grief? Who built a new arena? Sacramento, Vivek. They can't get an all-star game. Where are you going to house them? Well, I know that's the problem. Well, yeah, I'm, but you have to. The, the plan would be you have to bring in, I kid you not, as you probably know, they'd have to bring in cruise ships yeah. on the river and like have them on the delta so that's where everyone would stay because yeah, they don't have enough hotels.
2: No, I mean, and that's, you know, it's it's simply a matter of, okay, who could use a windfall of money for a weekend? Because they'll
3: get a they get a piece of all, of all of it. And this time it was Utah's turn. The money's the answer to all of it. How come the games are no good anymore? Well the players they they used to have to try to win for the money and now they don't need it. Why do they still have it? Because the league makes money and the owners make money.
2: So yeah. money's the answer to all of it. Yeah, nobody's leaving a dollar bill on the table here it's less of a dollar bill than it used to be it's less of an interesting event than it used to be and players None it goes. and players for the most part would prefer it if they could fly in on Saturday and leave on Sunday night it's just it's just one more road trip
3: it's just a commercial now for the NBA. And I know that. That's it. Again, yeah. the well, point here isn't to go over this old, tired, well, the All-Star game's terrible. It just boggles my mind that you had people reacting after last night in the media saying, that was terrible. I can't believe that. That's what it is yeah. now. How do you not know that where, going where, in? Yeah, Where were they like
2: five years ago when Exactly. the game was in the 190s? Mm-hmm. You know, it just, the, the players are going to do what they're going to do. You know, I mean defense has never been poorer than it's been this year.
3: Well that's it. And defense and so, is a big part of basketball. And if you're not gonna play defense, that's fine. You're just you're not actually playing basketball. Well, no, but Yeah, and that's yeah, you know, that's what it's they are. So, you know,
2: grow up, you know, kick the dog for a walk, you know, read a
3: book. Or do what we do and put some money in the pot, you know, put some names in a hat. And yeah. uh, and, and, like and force
2: and force relatives who don't want to watch the game to watch the game. <laughs> So Nana was pretty you're, excited she had Joel Embiid
3: yesterday and he had a pretty good first half uh, you are in many ways a <laughs> bastard <laughs> well no I mean it's, it's like hey you're invited you don't have to participate but I got no to but Marta, everybody I else I got DeMar in my own pool what was that
2: that was terrible well no the whole idea was terrible because your mother-in-law didn't want to do that
3: did she she did because she knew that, all right, maybe, you know, somebody, no, no, my no, grandchildren no, no. is going to get the money. Did she She's want, very giving that way. Did she want to do that? She did. She actually gave, I think she gave like, no, that's too much money, Nana. Yeah. She had, by the way, she had in the three-point sheet I raised, she had Buddy healed, and I had Halliburton. So, <laughs> got pretty nervous there come, come the finals. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, seriously, on the text line here. Uh, Xfinity mobile text line When seven nine five seventy. When is Chase Center getting an All Star weekend? Um, and someone else from the six five zero, pardon me, says Warriors haven't had one since the late nineties. I think there's and that gotta was be a one. Disaster was it? Oh, well, that was the insanity, the dunk contest. But That's all I remember about no, it. it was the great. whole weekend. It, it's over.
2: The whole weekend
3: it poured,
2: and the day of the game, Chris Cohan went down on the on the stadium on the floor between like during a commercial to give an award to Michael Jordan brought his son who was fairly young then down with him and was booed like he turned over the nuclear codes to the North Koreans Ooh. Michael Jordan
3: and his own kid couldn't be enough of a human shield Yikes! I laughed my ass off. <laughs> Um, certainly, you build a place like Chase Center. You'd think you're in line for an All Star game at some point. I don't know how far out they have. Well, the they don't. I mean, if the Bears want one. They're going to get one.
2: Yeah, I mean, but they're not keen on Lake because Lakub spends money, which makes other people spend money, and they hate that. I mean, Major League Baseball is showing you what owners think of each other. You know, if you don't spend any money, they love you. If you spend a lot of money, they hate you.
3: Wow, they're that petty. You win all the time and you spend too much money, so you built a new arena, but no, you don't get an all-star game.
2: Exactly. Wow. Yeah, They don't owe Joe Lacob anything. Joe Lacob can't do anything for them. In fact, has done a number of things to them. Mm -hmm. So, no, he's not going to get that.
3: From the 707 Rays we were talking about the weekend, you said nothing else on. 707, seat of all knowledge and wisdom, comes up with, XFL was on this weekend, really good football games. End quote. The text line really
2: good football game how many times have i told you not to read that
3: stuff how many times it's what i'm here for no you're not there for that lucas watched the xfl he bet on it he won some money well see again what well, do you then have to lucas, do? Then- it's on you what do you have to do to make the event fun you create a pool or you bet money on it and then it's fun for you and if not then you ignore it and do something else something else
2: is always a better idea lucas tell us about your gambling weekend
3: He's uh, taking a moment here to put on his headphones. He's totally surprised. What? What? They want me on the air? Who? Adrian McCarron, (laughs) Captain Clutch. Is that what you're asking about? (laughs) Luis
2: Perez. You know the best thing about you is that you
3: produce a show you've never heard. (laughs) You won money on the XFL, right, Lucas? Yeah, it was awful. Not a fun experience. Can you give us some idea how much money? Just ballpark. Uh, you know, less than a (gasps) hundred.
1: Uh, more, but more. That, that means Look at that you know we we I, I have a whole uh, establishment. It's, I'm part of a group, a collective that we bet together. Yeah, that also means he was willing to risk more than a hundred dollars on yeah. the XFL. Yeah. Well, when Lucas
3: bets on the XFL, there is no risk involved.
1: That's right. Sure we thing. found an edge. Yep. See. He's
2: got it wired even though he cannot name any player on any team. I just <laughs> did.
1: Captain Clutch, AJ McCarron.
2: <laughs> did you know him yesterday? St. Louis Battlehawk legend, AJ McCarron. Did you know him yesterday? They morning. were down 12 with a minute 30 left, Ray, and came back to win. Only in the XFL. Did you know him yesterday morning before you made your bets? Catherine Webb's husband. Did you know him yesterday morning before you made your bets? Did you know what team he was on? Roll Tide. that's that's a no
3: he literally didn't know any player on any team thank you lucas bottom line he is a winner sometimes with these events this time of year sometimes you got to bring a little more to the table if you're gonna have fun with it like lucas did like i did and if you don't want to that's fine but don't as you did not ray but don't come at me as a member of the media after the all-star game and say what was that that was awful that wasn't basketball i'm shocked because huh. you're an idiot if you do that. That's what these games are now. I did appreciate Michael Malone's comments. You see that? He said, look, he coached the... I was going to say he coached the West. But no, they don't do it that way anymore. Michael Malone, former Warrior assistant, Nuggets coach, said, it is an honor to be here. But that was that's it, this game is like the worst basketball game there is.
2: Okay. And he's it's like, yep. I mean, he's right. absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, no purist should ever watch a moment of any All-Star game. I mean, the over-under number on yesterday's game was 323 and a half. They raced by that early in the fourth <laughs> quarter and covered it by about 35. Did you have any action on that? I a little more fun? No, oh. no action at all. I mean, Jason Tatum is being hailed for getting having 55 in this game, which, if you just extrapolate that down to a normal game, was about 35. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. No, it was, it was about 35. I did the math. Okay. So, that, essentially that's what that, he he scored 35 but with inflation and Canadian money it turned into 55.
3: uh Fox you know we didn't have any Warriors in the game we had two Sacramento Kings in the game Darren Fox didn't do much kind of ran around a little bit got an assist and that was his that was his all-star experience from the 650 Ray Utah was 30 years ago it was their turn again okay they I don't guess do I get it that. By how, turns. yeah how you I don't know again a, stop it's not reading like the British Open yeah just, just
2: stop reading I I'm, I implore you Please don't humor these I people. I will
3: pause it for now. The no, question you, is You're gonna read again in five minutes. Charles no. Barkley, what he had to say about the Warriors, is he right? You know, he's gonna be right eventually since twenty fourteen, if not before that. He's been saying you can't win, they can't win. Jump shooting team, they can't win, they can't do it. Now he says they're cooked. You told Draymond yesterday, they're cooked. He's gonna be right eventually, of course. Do you think he's right now? Are the Warriors cooked? Well Are he's, the Warriors cooked, Ray. Calm down. Are they cooked? It's a holiday
2: relax Mm uh charles barkley has walked those comments back about four different times so you know he's got to you know he's got to feed the beast somehow too do i think they're cooked no but i can i can i can feel the oven starting
3: to warm up do you hear any sizzle yet or no
2: no because nothing's in the pan i mean look they could could they could get healthy make a run you know late in the year Get a decent seed and end up winning this. Boy, would I bet that that way? No. I mean, because they look like, I mean, they're too porous defensively and they're not great on the details. And I don't know how quickly you can make guys that great on the details because last year people tend to forget this, but they started 18 and two. So they already had a leg up. And as the year went on and they found that Gary Payton, the second and Otto Porter were actually quite useful and could give them that seven, eight guy, you know, who gives them playoff depth. I don't know who those guys are this year. I don't know who you trust. And unless they find a couple and one is not enough, unless they find a couple that they can go to night in and night out in the postseason and just say, we're good to go. I think it will
3: be very difficult. Cooked, I'm not ready to go there yet. Some of the things that are wrong with the Warriors this year are easy to recognize and easy to process, as you pointed out. They don't defend very well. Uh, And we know that the young players early in the year were either underperforming or having a hard time working their way into the rotation. Clearly, the plan this year was for the younger players, Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody, to assume larger roles It didn't work. So then all of a sudden, wow, you, you, you have to fill in some of the gaps here. That's been difficult to do. That's all uh, understandable. What's more difficult to understand, Ray, right, to me, is that in so many of the close games, you've had the guys that you rely on, your, some of your championship core players on the floor, and they still have failed to execute. That's the part that makes you go, oh, that that we didn't expect. That is not so easily explained. No, it's not.
2: But I think it's all part of a piece, which is that the Warriors used to be able to have a standard that went eight or nine deep. Now the standard stopped at five and six, seven, eight, and nine struggle with it. I think they struggle with it now. And this is not to exonerate the old, the, the veterans, but they're also getting a little agey, you know. I mean, Draymond Green is still having a superb year. Klay Thompson is now rounding into what I believe would be his nineteenth at
3: his best months shooting wise by some yeah. statistics of his career in January.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, he's. I think he's he's about as close to old time Thompson as he's gonna gonna be. But Curry's been out again, and I have a feeling that this is going to be. What they are from now on, and Draymond Green will get a little bit worse with every added year. Uh, Clay Thompson may have peaked this year, and then that's going to start to drop off. They're in their mid thirties. I mean, let's let's be honest here. That's old by basketball standards. And when you load manage guys like that, and you don't have people who
3: can cover for them, you take L's you don't want to take. I wanna see if you've noticed this. I've noticed this, maybe I'm imagining it. You, imagining it, pardon me. You mentioned Tiger, uh, and Tiger already finished four rounds for the first time in many years, and he finished, uh, what, 45th or whatever, but it was still a success yeah. for him. And remember Tiger, when he was really dominant, He there was an element of intimidation, which I know in golf's like, really? Can you intimidate somebody in golf? Well, you can, because guys knew like, here comes Tiger. He's t- gonna be tough to top. We can't beat this guy. And he had that aura of invincibility, which the Warriors had for a while too. And right now, they don't have that. You can see the way other teams realize if you get behind against the Warriors, they can't guard us so we can come back on them. Teams used to be afraid of that. Oh, watch out for the Warriors in the third quarter. That's not a thing anymore. So this doesn't necessarily mean that they can't win a championship, but it's interesting comparing them to Tiger. They've lost that mystique, and they've got to find it. Teams are not afraid of the Warriors anymore. While they respect everything they've done, they see it as things that they've done, not necessarily as things that they can do anymore. But they weren't afraid
2: of them last year either. I mean, because after going 18-2, and they tended to level off and teams were starting to Oh go you're, right. you're right, you're they right. They're were struggling not
3: who they were. They were struggling.
2: Um so I think, you know, that that's just standard aging. You know, that's part of what the aging process is. Cuz players can they could smell age the way sharks can smell blood. Just boy, he doesn't react the same way he used to. I bet I can make the move that I wouldn't have made 2 years ago. The the other thing is that while the Warriors don't make people afraid anymore, I don't know that there's a team in the league that makes anybody afraid anymore.
3: Yeah, you're probably right.
2: I mean, that's the thing. I think fewer and fewer players look at anybody and go, man, I'm, those guys are going
3: to kick our That's ass. a great point. I think, I think Boston's the best team in the league right now. We'll see what happens. But I think they're the best team, and I think they've lost to Orlando like three times this year.
2: Well, the other thing is, I mean, they they were ahead by four or five games. Now Milwaukee's a game back and but you know, and, and let's face it, a lot of teams that you think would operate with fear at their backs, like Brooklyn, they imploded instead. They just you know, they won eighteen of twenty and then, you know, the balloon deflated yet again and now and who saw that coming? Well, you know what I mean. It's just, I do. It's, I'm not disagreeing with yeah, you. It's, you it's yeah, It's just somewhat comical that you know, that thing Durant fell apart. Durant gets hurt. Not good. Uh, Irving announces he wants to, he wants out again. And Ben Simmons, who was the replacement for James Harden, has turned into a cipher. He's, I mean, genuinely useless. I don't want to say awful because he has skills, but he has no use. They can't play him. And they don't. I mean, that, and they, they spent tons of money to get them and tons of draft capital. And then they basically made a super team of which no parts worked. And now they are back to what they were before they went and got Durant and Irving in the first place. A plucky little underdog
3: who is harder to play than they were when those guys were on the roster. I oh, don't sleep on Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, it, the whole thing is so upside down that I find myself looking at big picture, where they were, what they thought they were, and how it all failed. And I look at James Harden and say, huh, I guess he knew what he was doing. And that's the first time in the last, I don't know, eight years where I've looked at James Harden and said, yeah, he seems to be the sensible one here. And I think he even said, look, turns out it wasn't all me after all, was it? Well, he wasn't the one to begin with. I don't think he
2: ever got blamed for anything that happened in... in.
3: Uh, well, he was the first one that wanted out, but he wanted
2: out because no, but he wasn't. And- but he wasn't a malcontent before then. He just, you know, he he just played basketball and he played basketball the way they wanted him to. He wasn't bald as ball dominant as he ever was in Houston, but he just realized, you know what this is. This is unbearable. Get me out of here. Right, because and we've got care. a guy that
3: won't play and we're not going to do anything if one of our best players won't play. Yeah. And
2: the truth is you traded he traded him away and got not just materially worse, galactically worse. You traded James Harden away for nothing. What was it? Seventeen games. The three of them played together. Yeah, we, yeah. You know, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it It's a cautionary tale that no one will pay attention to because somebody else is going to do the super team. Do you think and they're Dallas- going to do it? And they're going to do it without any mind for how. Skills are supposed to blend together, and how personalities are supposed to blend
3: together. Do you think Dallas is going to end up extending Kyrie or giving him the big, big contract? Uh, That depends entirely on how deep they go. Um, Because they're going to get, I think, the best you could possibly get, because Kyrie is motivated now to show that he deserves the big money. I just, I can't imagine. You know, Mark Cuban's not an idiot. Far from it, I can't imagine they'd go, oh, wow, we were really good this year. Yes, Kyrie, we want you to be a part of this. Because that's one thing he's proven is that you do not want to depend on him.
2: But it's not a question of depending on him. It's a question of whether he, who's a ball-dominant guy, and Luka Doncic, the ultimate ball-dominant guy, can get along together as players. Not as people, as players. Because if they can't. You know, find a way to mesh their skills and become
3: better as a unit because of it. Then they're back where they where they were a year ago. I think they will. My guess would be they will because you know Kyrie. I think you mentioned Kyrie has proven in the past he can play off the ball. I think their problems will be at the other end, and I just don't think they're as good as some of the other teams. The Clippers. And the Suns right now, to me, are the two teams to watch. Denver's already a team to watch. Not uh, assuming that Charles Barkley's right or anything. Even from the text line here, 707, if the Warriors even make it to and win the play-in game, I doubt they will win the championship. But Dallas, I think, Ray, Dallas looked at it and said, huh, the team we have now, we're all right, but we're not going to win anything. If we get Kyrie, we might. I mean, who knows? Maybe... Something clicks, so they took that gamble. I think they'll be better. I don't think they'll be good enough, and I think if they decide, wow, we want Kyrie around long-term, I think they're bigger idiots than the people who were surprised that the All-Star game was terrible. Well, you know, I,
2: I don't want to project out that far because their flaws are more that they're not deep. Now, they traded a lot of useful players to get Irving in because all those useful players and Donchinch weren't getting them anywhere. I mean, they were a solid fifth-place team which means that they were no better than the sort of shapeless clippers. Um, that's the problem this year with uh, the Western Conference in general. There were way more trades than usual, and about 4,000 second-round draft picks got tossed into deals just to like grease, grease the gears to make another trade happen because nobody other than Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento are really that happy with what they've got or what what they've been given
3: in return. So it was that that's why the trade deadline was so chaotic. From the five one oh here, guys, where is the love for the slam dunk champion, the great Mac McClung? Ray I turn that over to you. That's to certainly have to mention the great former warrior, slam dunk champ Mac McClung. It really it was a show he put on. All kidding aside, it was it was amazing what he did.
2: He was the only guy in that competition who actually came with, who cared enough to come with props because that's what you have to do to win a dunk, con- a, a dunkathon,
3: whatever you want to call. Well, Sims it. had Jericho Sims had the invitation to the dunk contest in the net, and then he grabbed it and then came down and read it. So he had a prop. Kinda. But <laughs> Mac McClung <laughs> came with human beings.
2: Oh in yeah, a high school jersey. Yeah, I mean it just he he knew that this was his shot because, let's face it, what happens after this? He's a Delaware blue coat again.
3: Yeah, I think the Sixers picked him up, though, didn't they? Maybe not for, did, long. But Maybe he's been for a, long.
2: He will be a blue coat shortly.
3: Yeah. Bank uh, on it. We are sponsored by In at the Tides. Book your getaway to Bodega Bay at the iconic In at the Tides. Their midweek winter special offers the lowest rates of the year, starting at just 199 per night. Enjoy stunning views, refreshed rooms, and free breakfast. Book now at inatthetides.com. Coming up, how stupid does Adam Silver think we are? Apparently very stupid. That's next. Damon and Rado. in for Damon. 95.7 again.
1: Now, back to Damon and Rattle on 95.7
3: The Game. White in for Damon today. Damon and Rattle, by the way, streaming live on YouTube. Uh, Head to youtube.com slash 95.7 The Game to watch us live, see what's going on inside the studio. If you uh, were hoping, assuming that Ray would be wearing the Colorado Avalanche cap that I gave him uh, weeks ago, you're going to be disappointed. Like and subscribe for all 95.7 of The Game content on YouTube. So Ray said, oh, I'm into." We'll find out tomorrow uh, whether he was telling the truth because I will be back uh, tomorrow. So we'll see if he remembers. Oh, yeah, I'm going to wear that hat. We'll see tomorrow about that. God, you've turned into a whiny child. Sharks playing today, right, Ray? Got some Sharks hockey. Yes,
2: we do. Uh-huh. How's that going? Uh, I haven't looked because I've been paying attention to you. They're up 2 nothing. <laughs> Chomp them. Hey! There you go. They're up 3 nothing. Oh! We have an update. All right. I mean, a proper producer would have it on the screen in the studio here, but he couldn't be bothered.
3: Yeah. Proper producer. Assuming you have a proper producer, isn't that like assuming the All-Star game is going to be a good game? Is it kind of the same... I, I prefer not to <laughs> slander him I'm kidding to
2: this extent he's funny. but he's my god you' raise an, you enter <laughs> you raise a debatable point <laughs> what who wins in a matchup of a Kraken versus multiple sharks it's a great question really a fictional character
3: <laughs> and a multitude of sharks sharks are playing the Kraken tonight huh.
2: today today
3: manne I actually think that's one reason why Seattle could not name their team. Weren't they thinking of being the Sea Lions or something? It's like you can't be the Sea Lions when you're in the same conference as the Sharks because we know what Sharks do to Sea Lions. I actually think that had to be part of the decision-making process there. I could be wrong. (laughs) Yes, you certainly could be. I I could be wrong. See, it's moments like this where (laughs) I wish you'd read more texts. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. I'm not wrong about this. Many times in the recent weeks, even the last couple years, the commissioner of the NBA, your good friend, Commissioner Adam Silver, has talked and droned on and on about load management and how bad it is and how we need to get our players to play more. And we can't have our brightest stars sitting out uh, games that are nationally televised. And you know, it, it he's right. And we've heard all the stories about fans who travel this far, that far, especially kids. Kid goes to Denver to see Steph, and he doesn't play, and she's crushed. We've heard all those stories. And for the most part, the commissioner has been sympathetic uh, to the fans. Well, he kind of changed his tune this weekend, Ray. Uh Commissioner Silver talking to the media at All-Star Weekend. And now he's starting to talk out of his mouth in a way that you normally don't see from commissioners other than Goodell and Manfred. Silver, for the most part, I'm not saying he's a great commissioner, but for the most part, he doesn't talk out of both sides of his mouth. But now he clearly is because now he doesn't buy into load management being an NBA problem. But this is the guy who's been telling us, we need to do something about this. Last week, he even talked about a plan they have to address it. And now he says, yeah, I don't... I don't think our fans really mind. I don't think it's a problem. What? How stupid does he think we are? Galactically stupid. Does he really think that or just hope that we will be too busy to notice um, him contradicting himself? No, they, I, he doesn't
2: care what he says. He cares what the owners want him to say. The owners have come to the conclusion that they can't do anything about load management because, A, they're not willing to shorten the schedule. And B, they're not willing to start it earlier and finish it later to get rid of the back-to-backs that cause so much load management. So he has to defend the fact that for the last four or five years, every team has averaged about 13 back-to-backs, which means at least 13 games in which your best players are going to be encouraged not to play. And... The science is... He's right about the science. Science backs him up. But there is a clear solution that they don't want to implement. In fact, there are two clear solutions they don't want to implement. They don't want to shorten the season. And they don't want to start the season earlier, which means more more weeks against football. Like moving the season back to, say, the 1st of October. They don't want to start the year competing with the baseball playoffs and the NFL. And I don't know what their uh, reluctance is to, you know, making the season last longer, maybe to the start or second week of July. Except that that means now you're taking more time away from players in the off season, which essentially means now you almost have to load manage, you know, exhibition games. So the fact is, if you're not going to lower the number of games and you're not going to extend the season out, you're going to have load management. And what Adam Silver was basically saying without saying it was, I can't
3: fix it. On the text line here from the uh, 650, for what it's worth, Lowe's management doesn't bother me. That's probably supposed to be load management. But if it's Lowe's management, I'm with you. It's a very well-run store. You can get everything you need there uh, whenever you need. But the commissioner, I'm not. Did you get paid for that? I No. Then why did <laughs> don't you know. do it? I don't know. Um, I'm not wrong, am I? The commissioner has been vocal and, oh, this is something we've got to address.
2: Yeah, and right? I, think, I think they did address it. I think they've talked about it and they realize not much we can
3: do. We can't force players to play. He says, I hesitate to weigh in on an issue as to whether the players are playing enough because there is real medical data and scientific data about what's appropriate. Sometimes to me, the premise of a question as to whether players are playing enough suggests that they should be playing more. That in essence, there should be some notion of just get out there and play. Having been in the league for a long time, having spent time with a lot of uh, some of our great legends, I don't necessarily think that's the case.
2: He had to change his tune because I think they looked into it and they realized, you know what? The two obvious solutions we don't want we don't want to do. So now he's got to make it seem like it's not a problem. <laughs> the, his, the particular forfeit he chose to make his case, though, was, interesting. well, you know, season tickets are up. We've never had greater attendance, which means, well, people are paying for this crap. Yeah. I guess it must be solid crap.
3: Yeah. And he also says, by the way, that this is a very competitive NBA season.
5: This has been the single most competitive season in our history as a measure of team records um, in terms of the closeness and uh, measured by um, a, a, by wins and losses around the season. What? I think that's a reflection of the incredible quality of play we have in this league. Um, the... the Dramatic number of international players now in the league. And it's interesting also that we've had. Um, probably as much player movement this year as any time in our history. And I think that speaks to teams as we got close to the trade deadline, trying to situate themselves in the best possible position to compete going into the playoffs. And in this case, over 10% of the entire league was moved roughly in the last week before the trade deadline. And so there's so much positive happening in this league. Again, I, I, I just end my opening remarks by thanking the people here.
3: Okay, but that's the commissioner who, before the All-Star Weekend, did an interview with ESPN, and he talked about three problems. One was load management, one was the officiating, and one was all players asking for trades. And now he's saying, oh, this is great. I get the feeling right now, he's like, you guys know I just have to say this, I don't believe any of this. He had a rough weekend.
2: He didn't have a rough weekend because he's still getting paid an extraordinary amount of money. And he also recognizes that whatever you say on one day will be forgotten two days later. Um, The fact is, they can't do anything about load management. They've shown a profound reluctance to do anything about officiating. In fact, he came out that same weekend and said, officiating's never been better, (laughs) which is, you know- (laughs) See, he had a rough weekend. You don't see that as a guy having a rough weekend? No, I don't see him having, because I don't think he cares what comes out of his face when he's talking to us he'll care (laughs) about it when he has to go out and say well season tickets are down and our attendance is down he he responds to stimuli that the owners want him to respond to and if they're making money and they are then it's his job to tell everybody hey keep coming out because this is as good as it can be
3: He does have two plans to address this problem that now he says is not a problem, so what could go wrong? But as far as the fans, the commissioner did acknowledge this much in his address, a state of the league address, if you will. I understand it from a fan standpoint that if you are particularly buying tickets to a particular game and that player isn't playing, he said, I don't have a good answer for that other than this is a deep league with incredible competition. Here's okay. his yeah his two plans though, and we we've heard about his um, his plan for an in-season tournament. Remember, a big part of that is to try to make some of the games in November. Uh, the the dead part of the season to try to make some of the regular season games more meaningful and maybe give players a little more incentive to play in those. And then the other one, which they just uh, unveiled last week, they're talking to the Players Union about something where you can't win one of the major NBA awards if you don't play X number of games. So while he says it's not a problem, he's also working on these things to address the non-problem. Well, but he's working. Can they work? Can they work, Ray? No, I stop it. <laughs> um, He's working on
2: things that will somehow take things away from the players. Is all oh, you have to play a certain number of games. Well, but now you're, but you, you tell me I can't play the second night of back-to-backs because we're load managing me. I mean, games are not entirely in the purview of the player. So basically what he's done is sh- try to shift the debate from... The teams are load managing and you don't like load managing. So load managing is okay to, yeah, you don't like load managing. Well, that's on the players and we have to make them
3: play more. Well, you heard Steph a couple weeks ago, Steph said, and he used one of those always usually terms, which is like, oh, he said, it's always usually the the team, not the player that wants to sit out. If it's the, always usually the team, then why would the team have an issue with it? So that's, now I'm really confused. Do the players sit out now? Do they have their loads managed because they want them managed? Or are they being forced to have their loads managed by their teams? And if it's the team forcing them to manage the load, how can the commissioner say, oh, we have to do something about this? So I am confused.
2: You, you no, know, you're not confused.
3: Because Who, is anybody telling the truth in there in any of that?
2: No, because the truth is not important. I'd like to know. It matters to me a little bit if I'm going to well, spend I'm, money on any of it. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you: if you're paying money because you want to see a player on the other team, you have to know that a.
3: You need to know a schedule. B. There's a chance that he might not play anyway. That's what Coach Kerr said, huh? He did. He may have told you, uh, you and you and Damon. He says you didn't, uh, fans got to really be careful.
2: Yeah, and if they if they're told that the player they want to see is going to play and then he doesn't play they don't have a recourse because the only thing the ticket guarantees you is a game. It doesn't guarantee you a game with Stephen Curry. It guarantees you a an event that takes 48 live minutes and looks like basketball. So that's all you get. And in terms of, you know, who's to blame for load management? Well, it's management. But are they going to do anything about it? No. You know, they, I mean... But how could, if it is management? And I don't know the answer, so I'm not... Well, do you believe how the players then, are refusing to play on nights when they... Yeah,
3: it, I, I, I would get. I think there are times when certain players on certain nights are, like, are okay with, yeah, I, I don't want to play tonight. I'm better off if I don't play. And I think there was a time, and I'm not saying it was better then, but there was a time when a guy like Jordan's like, I'm playing every night, to his own detriment when he was on the Wizards. So that's where I'm confused. If players are being asked hey you got to sit out tonight then how where are the owners coming from when their commissioner who works for them is saying boy we got to do something about this i i'm i don't know what's going on oh, whitey 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 you have to
2: be able to read through the crowd and very simply that's why i they, rely oh, on you well and that's why i don't make the big money no it's just they they're they're the fact that they're talking out of all three sides of their mouth should not surprise you it's today's story is load management is fine last week's story was load management is not fine next week it might be load (laughs) management stinks again don't assume that you're ever going to get a straight count from any of those guys because adam silver is not the oracle of truth he speaks for the 30 guys who pay him and if they want the word out that load management is fine keep buying tickets that's the dance he's going to do, you know.
3: The, the commissioner is not an independent. So you're saying somebody, somebody, one of the owners or some of the owners said, "Hey, look, commissioner, back off on all this talk about how load management is so bad." That's no, a bunch of the owners just said, "Look, we're not changing this. Okay,
2: we we you know we're we've done what we're going to do. We're going to load manage. We're going to keep the schedule as it is, and we're going to play 82 games unless you can figure out how to shoehorn that midseason tournament." That means Adam Silver can't say load management is bad because load management is the only effective way to reduce the number of injuries that you get from just playing night in and night out.
3: Silver suggested the idea that load management is a significant problem is, in his opinion, being made out to be a bigger deal than it really is. But he's the one who's been telling us it's a problem. He's the one who's been saying
2: it. Yeah, but he worked... If, what is your anger about?
3: <laughs> I mean, I just you, don't want, you want how, them you like want said, to believe. How stupid do you think I am?
2: Oh, they think you're incredibly stupid. But, I mean, you read what they say from week to week. Where you are misguided, as opposed to stupid, which you are not, where you are misguided <laughs> is in thinking that what they told you last week was binding. Maybe so. It's just that
3: it, none, none of it's binding. None of it's binding. As far as load management, whatever you want to call it, relates to the Warriors the rest of the way, Ray, Uh, obviously these remaining regular season games appear to be very important to the Warriors uh, in terms of improving their seating, even getting into the postseason. So if you have Steph and he's coming off of this, what is essentially, I believe, a high ankle sprain? I mean, do you have to wait till he's 100% or is it, you know, is Steph going to have to play through some of that that you wouldn't normally want him to play through because uh, it's that? important for you to win these games? It is great that we saw, you know, Clay has started playing Or The last game was against Clippers. He played a back-to-back the first time since his surgery. That's something. Where do you think this is with Steph and his and his injury the rest of the way?
2: Um, He's going to play when he's
3: 100%. They're going to be before. very
2: careful with him because the Warriors in general are a cautious medical operation. They are not going to hurry him back. Um. We are getting, however, to the point across the league, and not just this is not just a Warrior thing, where if you're in the playoff chase, you stop load managing because we are down to the last 22, 23 games for everybody, which means every game you don't play, you can't get back. I mean, LeBron James yesterday before the All-Star game said, It's his intention to play all 23 of their remaining games because he doesn't want to miss the playoffs again. they're very important, the most important regular season games of his career, he says. I know, but the point is, load management is what you do for the first 60 games. If you're still in the argument and you need to improve your situation, you stop load managing, unless you can't. If a guy can't play, he can't play. But if he can play... And you're thinking about, well, he could use a night off, they, they're going from erring on the side of safety to erring on the side of get your ass out there. That's what it is. It just the load management part of the schedule is coming to a close. And that means that you know people are not going to bring it up as much because it won't be as
3: as egregious. And that's the truth of the matter that the commissioner and the other owners can try to cover up. But it's there, and if you're paying attention, you know it. The games early in the year don't matter nearly as much. And now teams are at a point where, okay, here we go. The season essentially starts. Beforehand, yeah, it would have been great to win all these games, but we got to make sure it's a long season. We've got our older players that are healthy for the postseason. Now the season starts, and there's no way around the fact that for the NBA, a lot of the early season schedule games, they just don't matter as much. And and they're going to try to convince us they do, so we'll pay full money. But that's that's the shell game they're playing with us. Yeah, except that it's not that much of a shell game because it's pretty obvious to everybody.
2: It's just people want to think that it's something else. They've, they've convinced themselves that, oh, no, they're all gamers and they want to play every night. Well, the teams are telling you otherwise. And what they're telling you is they may want to play every night, but we're not going to let them. And you need to be a better consumer. So be a better consumer.
3: Yeah, but Look that's a schedule. dangerous message. When people, more people begin to realize that is the truth, it's very dangerous for the NBA, not only in terms of selling tickets night to night, but in terms of their TV contracts. Well, then they'll change their tune again. I mean, I I guarantee you
2: if the reaction to Adam Silver's remarks is bad internally, meaning the networks don't like it, or the owners have decided, after all, they don't like it either, he'll come out next week and say something different. He said, commissioners are
3: not there to tell you the state of the world. Give me your power rankings of the uh, Major League Sports Commissioners right now. The least onerous to the most onerous. Well, Silver is still the least onerous. Okay. But he's moving
2: closer to the past. Yes! I'm with you, 100%. I think Gary Bettman is second in terms of being onerous I mean because he he has more say than any of the other commissioners he's been there a long time now hasn't he more than 30 years yeah but he doesn't I mean other than defending he's no Clarence Campbell well Clarence Campbell's been dead for some time so you're absolutely right (laughs) followed by Roger Goodell who just makes it clear in every way possible that I'm just here to make money for these guys I'm not here for you And finally, there's Rob Manfred, who can't even fake that he likes his job.
3: (laughs) I don't... He doesn't even bother trying to fake that he likes baseball anymore, does he? Oh,
2: no. I mean, well, his his statement yesterday, I mean, when he did that long interview, uh, basically, he revealed, without revealing it, that the owners hate Steve Cohen that they want him to be stamped out and they want all the other owners who pay a lot of money for players to stop doing that. And it's all aimed toward a CBA negotiation that doesn't expire until 2026. So they're already three years ahead of time and the thing they want more than anything else, and I think they're willing to shut the game down for it, is a salary cap.
3: What would be the benefit of him making those statements, either directly or indirectly, in a public forum like that? Because their their regional sports networks are
2: collapsing yeah, around them. Yeah. Is
3: it Diamond Sports that is... Yeah.
2: It's a, it's an yeah. offshoot of Bally's. Yeah. yeah. And they have 14, 14 teams they have contracts with. And Diamond last week didn't make a $140 million interest payment. Doesn't affect us here directly in the Bay Area. No, it doesn't. But it there will be ripples. Because NBC has been looking to get rid of its regional sports networks for a while. And they were talking to Sinclair for a while. And that that fell through. But MLB is trying to work toward an in-house solution. The problem is that every team has its own individual streaming rights. And the teams like the Yankees and the Cubs and the Red Sox and the Cardinals and to a certain extent the Giants and Dodgers... Don't want to don't want to share that streaming money with everybody else because they haven't had to up until now. So what you're getting is basically owner on owner crime, where the owners who don't make a ton of money on their individual uh, network rights um, are making noises like we got to stop this. And so now you're going to have what you had in 1994, which is. Owners can't agree on anything among each other, and they're going to end up getting frustrated, and they're going to declare a
3: lockout. And we had no World Series that year. But I'm not following you down that dark path again, Ray, because last year, before baseball started, when they when they shut everything down, I remember you said, oh, it's going to be a long time before they play again. Oh, we may not have a season. And you were just a little uh, too bleak in your assessment. So I think you're wrong this time right, again. Read, Ad- read, read Evan Drellich in The Athletic today. Okay. Do that, Evan Drellich.
2: All right, yeah, he yeah. he went through all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and he's dead on. If they
3: save baseball last year, they can save it again. There's too, too much, much won- money to
2: be made. No, yeah, that fine. But at some point, you're going to see the you're going to see the low revenue owners make a thing of this because what didn't happen a year ago happened this last offseason when Steve Cohen decided to throw eight hundred million dollars into the pot and that threw that upset the entire apple cart to the point where the other owners a number of the other you know their low revenue owners of which you can include John Fisher were are furious they want they want they want a m- even more draconian luxury tax than the one they just added, which is known as the Cohen tax.
3: Well, you, you may be right, and you probably are, but having been through all that last year as a baseball fan, spring training started. I'm not going to think about that till I have to, and I'm not going to think about it this year. Okay, I don't, I don't have to. So,
2: okay, maybe you're right. All right, yeah, but it's going to be it's going to be, be a fine. back burner story all year long because baseball doesn't know how to manage those.
3: All right, here's what's coming up next. By the way, we're presented by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Whatever happened to the Bay's future superstars? That's next. Damon and Rado, in for Damon, 95, 7 again.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?